Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Maggie Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Mm, happy Friday or something. Um, that was... <laughs> I've been in such, like, delusional denial all week. Like, I'm like, if I don't open the Twitter app, it didn't happen. It's just... Not okay. Like, I think I've said I'm not okay so many times this week because I just am not. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I literally, so it was such a lovely Sunday. It was freezing cold. It was like 18 degrees in Dallas. Um, just met up with the with the neighbors and some friends we all made soups so we had a super bowl sunday oh, and that's as that's close fantastic. as i get to the super bowl anytime soon no <laughs> but like i i left i like i did the whole like oh gotta go feed my dog <laughs> i like the end of the third i was like i can't do this anymore i can't yeah it was disgusting i honestly I tried to like pretend like I didn't care at first. And then I was like, then I just started like cursing out the TV. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, I just honestly do not have an explanation for what went wrong because there wasn't one. It was just everything. Like it was like the only exactly. people that didn't have a garbage game were Michael Gallup and like Ferguson. And it's just like that. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with my analysis because it was just so bad and so unacceptable and so beyond anything we had seen from this team this year. And it was just inexcusable. And it's like when something like that happens, you almost expect big changes and you, you hope for big changes because you want there to be repercussions for actions, right? Like you want accountability and you want to be able to, you know, be able to say all those things and, and, and feel like something's happening in at least a positive direction out from the muck that you fell back into. And it's like, you can't even feel like that. Like you don't even really have, like, how do you find hope when there isn't change being made in response to something so unacceptable. 
I mean, if you think about it, like they did this last year too. And it's like, they just felt, but you know, they obviously put up a better performance. Um, and so they were just, you know, thinking to themselves, oh, we just need to make these few changes. It's something that we were all yelling about last off season. It was like, we need more linebacker depth. We need more O-line depth. They didn't do that. So, and then, you know, then we lose these cornerbacks that are like the corner, like, well, one of them is like a cornerstone of our franchise right now, but like to do that and then to turn around and like have the whole like path to the NFC championship, like wide open for you. And you just don't show up. Like I genuinely came in this house, turned off all the lights and put on like a murder documentary. And I was like, this is better. <laughs> Literally. It was so depressing. I don't think I've ever felt like, I think I've, I've said this phrase before, but like, this is like the, the newest low. Like I've never felt this bad about this team before. It's just baffling to me because, you know, I teeter between the on-paper logic and the emotional side of feeling everything when you watch the outcome. And it's like, on paper, this team gave you no indication that they would do something like this. They had a really strong season. Your quarterback had a really strong season. The locker rooms bought into your head coach, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then they just come out and completely ish the bed. And on on the post game, like aftermath side of it, even when the dust settles, even when you talk on paper, you're like, okay, so realistically speaking, let's talk about head coaching changes. It takes what three years is what they always kind of like to throw out there to implement. Um, you know, new coaching culture and all of your you know strategies and all of your game plans and really get the buy-in from the locker room. And then it's also thinking about like, okay, well, who's technically out there? Like, sure, you've got Vrabel. Sure, you've got, you know, legendary coaches in the likes of a Bill Belichick who could be an option. But then realistically, it's like, is Bill Belichick really going to buy into what the Cowboys job would be for him? Is he really going to allow Jerry Jones? I mean, we had these questions when Mike McCarthy was a person who they were like, we're going to bring McCarthy and he's a football guy. You know, let's not forget that the man didn't even let the players wear their numbers in public at the public scrimmage. Like he was like football guy thrown into the lion's den of publicity. So it's like, who's your option for head coach? Realistically, are you going to start over with a young guy? and try to figure that out. Like, you don't want to, I mean, do I don't know. Like, it's just, when you think about it, you're like, okay, you just feel like you're stuck with this decision and this choice. And I don't even know if I'm, if I had to pick my poison, I think I still would have picked McCarthy over. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm honestly, even more like frustrated with the players because I just think that the, the, I don't know, like I have a hard time believing that they were that underprepared for that game. Like 
I just, I don't know. Like I can't, and I know it's the coach's responsibility to take full accountability and everything of that nature. And obviously Jerry came out and did that too, but it's like, do you really think that they didn't game plan for this game? Do you really think they didn't prepare or do you actually think it may have come down to, you know, I'm just, I'm just hypothesizing, but I'm like, it kind of feels like, I don't know this for sure, but it feels like, like you said before we we logged on, it's like you can lead a horse to water all you want. It's like, but ultimately maybe the players just didn't freaking drink. Yeah. I mean, you have this, you have the talent. <clears throat> I mean, whether you're thin in some places or not, but like you, you can't make them want to win and they can say, Oh, there's something bigger. Oh, I'm doing this as a reminder. Oh, like whatever all day long. But when you're put in these moments and you just don't perform, what is, and it kind of, you know what, now that I'm like saying that it kind of goes back to something that you've been saying all season, which was always right. But like, they're just an undisciplined team. Yeah. And who do you put that on? I mean, that's tough. And like, I also feel like, I mean, I don't know, man. Like (laughs) I look at, I said this on Twitter and I feel bad saying it, but I also like don't because, you know, you know, I'm one of the people that always defends. I I mean, I've, I've defended how we pay players because it's like, okay, well, market rate that's how you pay depending on what the market is asking for. But that being said, once you accept that money, you are expected to do your job. And like, I think that in these times, like the game that this team had, I feel like great players don't allow their circumstances to dictate the outcome. I think that great players show up when it's when it's awful. They are the ones that put the team on their back when everything else is stacked up against you. If you have bad, you know, a bad play, like a like a bad game plan or whatever people want to blame it on, if your teammates aren't showing up, <clears throat> the people that are truly elite rise above and find a way to be the X factor and make it happen. Like Aaron Rodgers, I know we we hate on him all we want. He's a he changes the outcome, single-handedly changes the outcome of games. Yeah. He does. Tom Brady, like guys like that, just you never count their teams out. Ever. Well, Patrick Mahomes with one leg last year. Like 100%. Yeah. And it's like you just don't count them out because of them. And like we don't have that. And I'm sorry, like. I it bums me out to say that because I would desperately love. I mean, I guys, I grew up in Kansas City. I should be a freaking Chiefs fan, but here we are. You know, like here we are. And I was having that like discussion with Dave because he loves to be like, "This is a choice." (laughs) Like, look, you know what my choices were: Vikings or Cowboys. Yeah, you need to be a Vikings fan. Do you know how miserable I would be? Even worse. Granted, I grew up in the Trent Green era, so it wasn't like amazing. We did have Priest Holmes. And 
but I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like, I think one of the best ways that I heard described is I was listening to our dear friend. We love John Michaud. I was listening to his podcast earlier this week and he was almost like angry at the team because he was like, yeah. I, he's like, it makes me like, is my job even real? Or he said something along the lines of like, I cover the Kardashians. Like, that's what I basically do. And it, it, it's almost insulting as people like fans, as media, as people that cover the team to just see something like that, where you're like, oh my goodness. Like I, I, I understand having a bad day, but like, no, no, I don't No bad days. Like you don't have bad days on Sundays. You just can't. That's just not in your DNA anymore. Now that you play at this level and to just have an embarrassment like that is just so wildly unacceptable. And I think to like close out my thought, I felt myself coming away from that interaction in that game, being more frustrated with, with the players than the coaches. And I don't know why, but I just felt like that. Like I, cause if we want to talk coaches, then we should talk about Dan Quinn. Cause Dan Quinn is a legend, but like, and he had, we know what he's done for this team, but then for this, his, his team, his defensive unit was trash bad so horribly bad but like ultimately if he's like in a booth I mean I don't know it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing like who do you give more accountability to who do you blame more like is it the chicken or the egg is it the players or is it the coaches like he can be yelling all he wants in the booth and I mean I don't know I don't know man I just I found I mean, myself I at least wish they would have tried like a different coverage or something like yeah. they didn't alter their scheme at all and I was like really frustrated with that yeah because um, it wasn't working so but I wonder too though and I this is again I think I have for better or for worse like decided to choose my side and I don't know if it's the right side I think I'm just like doing this out of despair so don't skewer me everyone <laughs> but I also, you know, wonder if there was, if there was limitations to like any of his schemes. Like I know Gilmore had, you know, they couldn't play the man coverage that you typically play because of his injury. Like he wasn't able to be, you know, the same yeah. that he normally is. And so I don't know to the extent that they were dealing with things like that. Um, obviously they like legally have to disclose things, but like at this point in the year, Every player is like beat up. I I will never forget. I mean, they may not be quote injured, but like every player is beat up. I yeah. will never forget Travis Frederick when he was with us. He he looked me in the eye one day <laughs> and I was like talking to him. I think it was at training camp. I can't remember. He's wonderful. But he was like, if I had to describe to you what it's like, even just to go through a practice, he's like, it feels like you get hit by a truck every day, even just at practice. And I'm like, God, like, you know, like doing that for X number of weeks straight, however long your team is, you know, continuing to play just must be an absolute like beat down on your body. Anyways, it just, there's so many variables and they were all trash on Sunday, but it's just kind of crazy to think about, but I don't know. I mean, how, I guess, I'd love to know your thoughts, but for whatever reason, again, with or without logic, 
I found myself feeling more frustrated at the players come post Sunday. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, obviously I've said a million times that I'm not Mike McCarthy's biggest fan, but um, at the end of the day, the execution was the problem. Like they just were not, they weren't hitting any of their marks and to watch them, like to watch CD go over to the sideline and like he was defeated and it was like the first quarter. Yeah. And I was just like, well, so that's how this game is going to go. Like there was no turning around from it. Yeah. It was just immediate disaster because they like, for I don't know what happened. It's like someone walked in and was like, we slept with all of your moms. And they were like, we can't do anything. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like, what's a devastating thing to hear? Like, right before you go out there, like, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah. And like per your comment earlier about what Dave always tells us, like, he's like, it's a decision. It's like that, that logic stands true with the players. Like, yeah. it really is. like I, I remember I was in high school and I dated, you know, this future D one basketball player. And he literally was six foot 11. Like, you know, there was no, re- the man had to go play D one basketball, like, right. Um, which actually a funny story. This is horrible. He got recruited by Bobby Knight and he went and go, he went to go play at Texas tech. He gets recruited by this legend. And then he goes in the year that Pat Knight takes over, which I'm like, Oh, that sucks. Either way. I remember he had this like really horrible streak in a season towards his like end of junior year. And he just could not for the life of him, like, you know, score like he, it's like for a six foot 11 man, putting the ball four more inches above your head is like a no brainer. So you're like, something is like mentally off. Like we have to like work with him. So he worked with like, you know, a a sports psychiatrist or psychologist and did all of like the mental training and all the meditations. And I say all of that because, you know, it was illogical how this beast of a human was just unable to make something for him seemingly simple happen, like to do his job. And I think that there's a lot of mental warfare that you have to overcome as well especially when you play for a team like the Cowboys, especially when there's pressure in the playoffs, especially when there's pressure in the playoffs for a team that has historically not been to the playoffs for God knows how long I get all those things, but I feel like, you know, maybe that's an area this team needs to really, really focus on. And it has to be that mental conditioning where you have to literally have people like throwing bricks in your face and you not even be able to be flinching. Like, I I don't know the answer, but I am like so baffled that I'm finding like any kind of nook and cranny excuse to try to legitimize the illegitimate (laughs) experience that we all went through on Sunday. Like you even saying that CD had, you know, seemed like defeated. Like, it's just like, we can't, have that like give no, me yeah give me like the des bryant when everyone with all the media and people were talking poorly about him and like he's raging on the sidelines it's like he's motivating his team like yeah where are those people he's like why are we accepting this trash 
And he was he was so mad on the internet on at during that game. Oh yeah. It was yeah. wild. But he wasn't wrong. No. Like I think the funniest thing he did was like say, um, he's like, you have to give them someone like I got the clapper or whatever. And I was like, you did not just call Jason Garrett the clapper. Is that what he said? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I wanna I have to find it. Actually, but, that's so good. It was, but he, like he was just spitting hard facts, and it was like really difficult to read. In not in the like it was, I comprehended every word, but it hurt. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean while you do that, like I think that you're know, <sighs> going back to the topic of coaches because I know everyone's up in arms about the head coaching change. I thought that Jay March, who used to play for us, he you know he posted, and I thought it was a pretty good perspective and as much as we hate it it is a valid perspective and he was like it would be hard for a new coach to come in teach a brand new system on offense defense and special teams and then earn the trust of the locker room and then have all of the players on the same page with the terminology terminology and checks it was the best decision for a good run next season for keeping McCarthy and then you know someone replied and was like I can't begin to comprehend the levels to which building a new a new head coach has to rebuild and reteach a football operation on arrival. But because it's difficult, doesn't it mean it's wrong. Like LaFleur did it quickly. Ryan's did it quickly. You know, McVeigh did it quickly. And the last thing he replied, Jay replied and was like, well, in the context, many of those teams were coming off of multiple years of losing seasons. Oftentimes when that happens, these players and organizations need a fresh start. I should have clarified. There's no need to do that when it's one year on contract coming off 36 wins in three years. And I was like, dang, drop the mic. Like analysis. All of that is every, every point that was made was a fact. It's true. Um, no, the, here's the clapper comment just to, for yeah, please. closing the loop. But it was uh, in response to a John Michauda tweet about the Cowboys having the 24th pick and their previous 24 pick, pick 24s being Tyler Smith, Des Bryant, and Calvin Hill. Uh-huh. And Des responded and said, yeah, a monster got drafted and was coached by a clapper. Let's make sure that don't happen again. Oh! <laughs> That's hilarious. Just unreal. Um, But yeah, no, like, it's the mentality. I mean, the con- I get the continuity. Um, I understand that. And I don't think it's wrong. Like, obviously that locker room is behind him for the most part. Um, I'll be extremely interested to see what we do with the coordinators. Cause if Dan Quinn gets a job, would he take it at this point? And like, do we want him to take it? (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm almost just like, I get what you were doing calling the offense, but maybe you need an OC that isn't just a figurehead. Yeah. I mean, you would think, but. Um, like, isn't Eric B enemy up for grabs? Can you go get him? Do you know this man? <laughs> Do you know this man? Yeah. Like he coached. Eric enemy needs a head coaching job. My God, bring him. Yeah. Back. I mean, I don't disagree with you there, but like, I don't think he's going to get it by being in Washington. So like, come, come turn this, come turn this, uh, this offense into a juggernaut and be like, 
who wants to hire me now, bitches? Like, do that. Yeah. <laughs> come, come to Dallas, please. Um, it is honestly it's kind of crazy, quite frankly. Um it's I don't know. I just am like, I think you're right. You know, maybe <clears throat> actually on that note, on that note, um, I actually think that's a good comment, Meg, because I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about head coaching and how if we're going to go ahead and stand behind the head coach, which it sounds like we've decided to reluctantly do so, but maybe there is some logic behind it. We're trying to remove some of our emotions. The coordinator position is an area where you can make a lot of change. And, you know, the Eagles straight up fired their coordinator when they were 10 and one because they were like, defense is not. <laughs> yeah, true. But like, I actually, I I don't want to be like trigger happy, but at the same time, I'm like, I respect the stringent level of expectations and standards being upheld and them kind of being like, listen, we already are great. Like we are great. We know we're great. We won championships. Like we are now a championship caliber team. And just because we our record shows that we're 10 and one does not mean that we accept what we are putting on the field in its entirety. And, you know, I don't know. I used to work at Toyota and now I've, I've adopted this saying it's called Kaizen. It's Japanese for continuous improvement. And I think it's like a very great mantra to live your life by because, you know, on paper, since we're doing the on paper versus the reality of, of situations, kind of statistical comparisons and scenarios the cowboys you know they have had decent seasons record wise they've got good seasons they've, they've put together some good seasons but it hasn't been enough and so it's like are you mad that you're having statistically winning seasons but you're not making it into the playoffs or would you rather just go full cutthroat and be like, let's just, I mean, heads will roll if we don't have perfection. And, you know, maybe that's the next move for these people. I mean, 12 and five is the new eight and eight. Am I right? Um, but that's what I, I think like. that I, would, I was totally following you on the, like, the cutthroatness of, you know, that move by Philadelphia. But I think the... Um, the example that you were actually looking for was the Buffalo Bills firing Ken Dorsey and hiring Joe Brady. Yeah. Wasn't, didn't the look at them also, now. Didn't the Eagles also, they were like, Josh Allen is having problems. So we are firing this man and we are going to bring in an offensive mind that can like be better with him and look at where they're at right now. They're in the second round of the playoffs about to face the chiefs at their home. Right. Yes. As a team that almost didn't make the playoffs. Uh, it's just. So that's when you do stuff like that. <clears throat> and like, look, I understand like putting that all on your back was like a, was like a, a move and you're still here. So it, I guess it worked out for you. But like, if Schottenheimer is really this figurehead OC, that's just not going to cut it. And we've seen that. So be cutthroat. 
do do some things, bring in someone new, make make that an offense that people can't face. I'm <laughs> I'm laughing. Lord, everyone pray for me. I <laughs> I uh I do business also with the Cowboys. And I just got a call put on my my calendar. They're like, can you do a last minute call today? I'm like, you know, I don't know if I can be flexible for you right now. People that have- You've already taken too much from me. <laughs> You've taken too much from me. <laughs> like on a Friday? Now you want to book a 3.30 appointment on a Friday? Like- yeah, it Must be nice to be not so busy after all, Cowboys Nation. <laughs> I can't. I'm like, it's like- I don't let people book meetings with me before 9 a.m. I'm it's illegal. Go pass yeah. and go straight yeah. to jail. But what's worse is people that book Friday afternoon meetings. Like after the audacity, the audacity. What do you want to talk about at, at this hour on a Friday? I'm gonna redline this contract so hard. You have, I'm gonna make this meeting miserable at for you now. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you feel my pain. <laughs> You should just you should yellow line it instead. Just make them see yellow like we saw yellow with those flags. Oh Lord, honestly, I might. I'm I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Anyways, um, enough of Kelsey's triggers. I just thought you guys would laugh at that. I think we're all triggered together. We really are. I my fuse is so short this week. I cannot even explain to you guys. Like, who? Like, I so bad. I couldn't even watch like yet last night. I was just like nine to get mood. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch like Great British Baking Company. That was even irritating to me. And I'm just like, this is, you've ruined my week. You've ruined my week. <laughs> no, if you had asked me on um, Sunday, like if like, oh, are you going to like watch the games next weekend? I would have been like, no. Yeah. Well, that I've had a little time. I'm like, I guess I will. But <clears throat> football didn't exist to me this week. Like I didn't watch the Monday games. I'm really glad the Eagles lost and all, but like, I didn't, I didn't even bother to turn them on. I was like, I can't watch this stupid game right now. Can't. I just can't. I'm just, I didn't even make it fun to watch the Eagles lose. Like it didn't even make it fun. Cause like we knew it was going to happen. <laughs> also you did. I want to applaud you. We're in this group chat with our friends. Oh, I could have said so much more, but go ahead. There are, Three Eagles fans in there and a Bills fan who just likes to stir the pot because he doesn't watch football. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's a fake Bills fan, but God He's forbid. From okay. <laughs> he is from Buffalo. He is from Buffalo. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't jump on a table. I don't think. No, he's more of a Sabres fan. <laughs> Which yeah. is its own thing. So <laughs> special brand, but after the game on Sunday, Megan did not go for blood with these Eagles fans. You mean on Monday? Well, uh, at first when they were texting us on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan, well, I didn't even look at my phone. <laughs> yeah, I was very proud of you for that. I felt like I was like expecting a world war. And then on Monday, Megan was... It was pretty funny. She was basically just like, <clears throat> oh, do you guys want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And I loved that. Like his response. <clears throat> First of all, he goes, sends a smiley face like, oh, like, 
how's the vibe or whatever? And I was like, okay, that is talking shit, just so we're clear. And then he's like, I never talk shit. I haven't talked shit once. And I'm like, like, do you believe anything that you're saying? Because you're literally so wrong and dumb right now. Like, And I, I wanted to say so much more. But because all I said was like, who wants to go first, like out of the three of them? And then he was like, well, we knew we were going to lose. And I'm like, bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> Every single week, you guys, like I I can pull up tweets from all these Eagles fans right now that said that they were going to beat the Bucks. Like, shut up. Dumb. Um. Yeah. Want to talk? I'll talk. I just wanted you to lose first because if I jinxed it, then I would have been really upset. Like if yeah. I had said like, we'll wait till tomorrow and then they won, I would have been like, eh. yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm glad they lost. Um, but it would have been a lot more fun if we had won. The NFC least. Am I right? God, I just can't. At least we have the worst division in football, like still in the playoffs. Oh, it's so illogical. I'm sorry. Like, we're going to have to wrap this because I'm just genuinely. Yeah. I'll go I, in circles all day. I will. Like, it's so illogical. It's I cannot find. I do not know how to dissect what happened other than to say it was just so trash and like, just so not okay. Like I hated every minute of it. Yeah. I was so excited for it all day. Yeah. <gasps> well, anyways, really sorry, Cowboys nation. I mean, I, I don't know who, you know, you put the blame. Oh, excuse me. My body's shutting down who you guys put the blame on more or if you're even willing to talk about it right now, maybe you're being opting to be healthy and, you know, set some boundaries with this Cowboys team and take a break from them for a minute, which good for you. If so, um, don't worry though, we'll be back to be a dead horse, um, for the next couple of weeks. That'll be fun. And it's draft time, baby. Maybe we can start to get some answers in the form of new players because that's just, that's the side that I've decided is is where I have the most control. Um, Where's the next Tyler Smith coming from? Yeah, let's please do that. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, make sure you are subscribed to the Blog of the Boy boys podcast wherever your podcast at spotify apple itunes or stitcher come hang out with megan and i on social media i'm on instagram and hey kelsey charles i'm also on twitter at kelsey underscore charles and megan is at meg murray with four r's on everything um it's okay though the things that will just keep us alive will be um hating on other teams and so oh i'm in my hater era right now yeah like we'll just go full hater because that's how we're going to cope um and like it, this is how haters are born on like reddit it comes it, from stuff like this yes in the spirit of being a hater megan what are the most important words to fuel our hatred of the nfc least and at least our least favorite team please leave the good people with what they need to know dallas forever philly for never Birds are not real, and apparently neither are cowboys. <laughs> R.I.P. Hang in there, guys. Bye.